Rough Trade are giving away a free album exclusively to 101 part-time jobs listeners. That's you. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade album of the month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with exclusive bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code 101POD this March and you'll get the Rough Trade Album of the Month exclusive pressing of Masterpiece's debut, How to Make a Masterpiece, on green and yellow swell vinyl, completely free of charge. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in-store, and exclusive access to sold-out Rough Trade events. Don't want Album of the Month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using 101POD and you'll still get the first month free. So don't hang around. This offer is only available in March and limited to the first 150 signups. Go to roughtrade.com club and sign up with the voucher code 101POD. That's 101POD and claim your first month free. This offer is available to UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads. And artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs. I'm Giles Bitter and I've got Tim Burgess here with me today. Tim Burgess of the Charlatans, of Books, of Tim's Twitter listening parties. And it was only right, given the inordinate amount of things that he does, to get him on the podcast. So I'm glad and I'm so amazed that he was up for coming on. It's the Charlatans 30th anniversary this year. He talks about how they're going to do some box sets, some nice stuff for that next year, hopefully. And really, we just talk about what's been going on his whole career 
here. Basically, from the start of the Charlatans, and I ask about their work ethic and what what they were like in terms of that. Before he moved to LA and starting Ogenesis Recordings, the record label he founded in 2011, and how that reinvigorated him. Meeting Heavenly Recordings and how that changed the course of his career, hanging out and working with the Chemical Brothers around that time too. Managing himself now and, and starting Tim's Twitter listening parties and how, that's, and how that's become such a channel of communication for so many of us. Revisiting some of our favorite records, new ones that have come out recently and, and chatting to each other and getting excited about it and I think Tim is kind of the perfect voice to to guide everyone doing that so I'm so excited he was up for coming on this episode he's a he's a legend his EP Ascent of the Ascended is out now on Bella Union that follows the full length I Love the New Sky which came out in May earlier this year also on Bella Union and the the title track of that EP is is beneath this and that comes alongside a video of him flying a micro light plane video directed by Tim Pope if you haven't watched it already I highly recommend you do but if you're listening to this then I'm sure you have cheers for listening to 101 part-time jobs if you like this podcast if you like this episode if you like what this is all about please recommend it to friends that's the only way that we can really encourage this show so if you've been doing that if you're up for doing that thank you very much that's that's much much appreciated east london signature brew have been brewing music inspired beers since 2011 they've made beers with mastodon idols slaves sports team they've got one this christmas with the darkness called bell's end if you go onto their website signaturebrew.co.uk you can get it delivered to your door over this christmas and with the voucher code 101 podcast you can get 10 percent off your order all right so here's tim burgess i'm so excited this could happen thank you for joining me with it go well Cheers! Sincerely overlooked Seems like the evening first went cold So yeah, Tim, thank you so much for, for, for coming on the, the podcast. Have you been... You know, have you been really busy the last couple of weeks, months with the EP? Yes. Um, I feel... I mean, I'm always quite busy. Um, but I feel that the past few months have been really busy and um yeah the ep building up for that um um trying to organize doing a live event um for a tv show that was that that was um yeah, that, that that was quite a thing uh you know having to be um be uh, covid aware and everything like that about how you know about putting on a live it was yeah it was for um for uh, at uh, death institute so we knew something called uh, gorilla tv and um and and basically you know it's it's okay um to you know to film something socially distance it's just you know it's just like the um uh it's just like bars uh, um that you know that, that were were affected by tier three um um uh, you know bars and restaurants but we were allowed to film and but you know obviously it was all on my shoulders uh, uh everybody's safety was all on my shoulders and it was just like it was like oh my god so I had to fill out all these forms and it was pretty um in, in, you know pretty pretty crackers but um yes i've just found myself in all these like strange situations <laughs> like, I, I watched the future future islands did an amazing live stream from i think it was atlanta they they did it from right and i was watching the sort of rolling credits at the end just being intrigued by 
what was you know who was working on it yeah and you know there 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 was a covid compliance officer and then you know you, you notice it and then all of a sudden i i start noticing it everywhere you know all these places have a covid compliance officer well that's it i mean um uh my friend Karen, um, who normally uh, tour manages the charlatans, um, I just, you know, put a kind of a, a, a overall in charge of this thing uh, for uh, the performance uh, for Gorilla TV. And, um, and uh, yeah, she had to take a test and she took the test and became a COVID appliance, one of them. <laughs> Great. You've got that on your CV. You know, they can have that on their CV now forever. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's new things cropping up everywhere. You know, it's, um, you know, a new, the, the new world, so they say. And another thing to be busy with. I mean, yeah, you, you said you always feel busy. Yeah. You know, look, looking at the Charleston's discography, looking at your solo discography, you know, I've got a couple of your books on my shelf, you know, oh, Genesis wow. Records. Oh, wow. Tim's Twitter listening parties. I mean, that, it doesn't end, does it? No, no, I, I like, I do like to keep myself busy. That's one thing, you know, people have asked me, do you, you know, what have you learned about yourself during COVID? I said, well, I've definitely found out that I do like to be busy. Um, mm. If I didn't know that before. Um, uh, but uh, yes, uh, I think it's, things just lead to the next thing. And, and, um, and, I, and I quite like that. So, you know, a book will lead to a, t- a tour and then, and then I'll decide that I want to do a solo record after that. And then, you know, then it'll be a you know time for a charlatans album and it just doesn't stop but i mean i don't want it to so yeah did do you did you learn that quite early on in your career in the charlatans that you know coming home from tour for example or or finishing off a record getting the final masters mm-hmm. were you sort of were you always up and go or, or did you ever give time for yourself just to chill the fuck out for a few weeks well that's funny you should say that because while you were asking the question, I just remembered myself and Mark Collins sat outside my flat in Salford. It was 1993. And um, we just couldn't get around to recording a record. Um, it seemed like the longest time. Uh, Mark had been in the band, uh, you know, uh, since the album before. Um, some friendly kind of came and went really fast it was like you know a real flash in the pan second album we toured america for a long long time and then there was nothing for a long time and you know rob um um actually uh um went to went to jail um and uh we were just waiting around. it seemed like we were just waiting around for ages so um it, we weren't busy for a, in 1993 let's put it that way were you, I mean, not sounding too blunt, but were you getting paid for that time? Um, yes. Okay, so when the Charlatans first started, um, we got an advance. And um, and we were getting paid, I don't know, maybe like 60 quid a week or something like that. And you sorted out your own finances from that advance? Yeah, so, so we just decided that because um, we'd all actually, with the exception of Martin, we'd all been working before before the band so we all kept the jobs right up until the end and we were all on about 40 quid a week so we went up to 60 nice and it's been like that since you know from reading telling stories you know i love the way you joined you joined the band i don't want to give away any spoilers i think oh. i think everyone should should read that no, thank you very much it's, it's amazing did it you know you joined the band at, at 23 am i right yeah um yeah 
Did that feel quite old? 22, 23. I, I thought it was, I, I thought it was my last chance. Um, everybody in the band thought it was their last chance. Um, but, you know, obviously now looking back, we were so young. I always felt that was quite young for my age anyway. Um, you know, then especially. And, um, you know, it was just, it was just, I mean, it was such a whirlwind really. We'd, we'd been together for like nine months, I think, before, before Indian Rock came out maybe 10 months. And did it, yeah. looking back at that time, I think so. it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, you know, these labels were just snapping up, yeah. you know, guitar bands. Yeah. Did it, was it, was it really like that? Um, well, there was obviously, um, there was obviously a scene and, and, and uh, British um, music was a, you know, maybe not an all time high, but certainly the beginning of an all time high. Um, mm. And um, yes, people were, wanting us to sign um you know every major label wanted us to sign um and we kind of judged it on a few things uh you know because we were kind of you know working class background we judged it on who traveled the furthest to come and see us um and uh and who kind of like you know and and what it was like at meetings with these people you know like we, we met Martin Mills from Vegas Banquet in a pub in um, in the Midlands, um, and they travelled up to see us in Manchester when it was snowing, and lots of other labels didn't. So um, that's kind of how we we decided that we wanted to go with them. I feel like that's quite like a Marky Smith kind of full way of looking at things. Maybe you know, just yeah. being, being really kind of the reality of it, rather than you know letting your imagination fly. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, I was obviously um, been a huge Marky Smith. Um, uh, fan or full fan you know all, all my life um it was probably something along those lines yeah maybe just because of where I'm from or you know where I'm originally from or or whether I was just completely obsessed with Marky Smith that I wanted to c- conduct my life like him at the time <laughs> but, uh, did you adapt to you know the working working in the band did you adapt to that lifestyle quite well do you think you know looking back at you know, now with hindsight, I always wanted to be able to turn my alarm clock off, um, uh, and or throw my alarm clock away. That was a go- that was a goal, <laughs> an early goal. Brilliant. Uh, uh, so I managed that. Um, but um, yeah, at, at first, uh, you know, we we did have quite a good work work ethic, um, and um, we played. Um, we just played all the time, really. And we wrote our album and we played live. And then when we um, had our album, we, we you know, we, 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 did a, we did three tours. Um, a tour for Indian Rope, one for The Only One I Know, one for, the, uh, one for the album, maybe even one for the single before the album. So it was just ongoing. People don't seem to do that now, or we certainly don't. It's always just around the album. But we did all around the, all around the singles as well. <laughs> There's so much talk. I mean, obviously, singles don't really exist in the same kind of leverage they do back then. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do, you know, online on Spotify and Bandcamp. No, I think you're right. But it seems like, you know, now there's so much chat and it's brilliant that people talk about the mental health aspects of of touring and always being switched on. Yeah. You know, with, with this conversation that's kind of orbiting now, do you ever look at moments, you know, in those early days and you thought, Christ, that was hard for a bit? Yeah, I mean... um, I mean, it's. I think it's all. It's always hard, but it's, but it's enjoyable and hard, you know. Um, and um, and I think um, that it still kind of is sometimes, you know. It, um, 
you know, very much so. But because there is so much enjoyment and personal satisfaction and and, and a love for what you do, um, you know, it, it's okay for it to be difficult as well. I've done just over eighty episodes for this podcast, oh, wow, and wow. if there's one just massive, you know, tying link to them is this huge amount of self discipline that you know a lot of people learn and a lot of people are sort of born with or learn at a young age. Yeah, I think I think you either have to learn. Um, yeah, I, th- I think if you if you aren't born with it, you have to learn pretty quick, or things just seem to fall apart. And I, I kind of saw it a little bit with Rob uh, in, in in some in, in a lot of ways. He just didn't seem to. It wasn't the work thing. It was just dealing with the um, dealing with the, um, the 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 constant attention. How did you deal with that personally? Um, well. I, I, at one point in my life, I moved to LA. That was how I dealt with it. <laughs> really? Oh, was, was that was that a sort of defining factor, a, deci- a decision it, factor it, in that? It really was. Um, I mean, there, there was times before where, you know, I just had to keep moving because people found out where I lived and all that kind of stuff. Um, um, but there was a time, uh, just after telling stories, where, you know, we were actually playing the album after Robert died, Um with, with with Tony Rogers and at the end of the tour we, you know we were playing arenas and it was all, all it was all you know pretty big and I just thought yeah it's 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 a great time for a change so I'm gonna I'm gonna go and live in Los Angeles because you know people were just um you know did living in LA affect your your work ethic every time I read about a band who've, who've moved to LA mm. it does seem that people are in the studio all the time i mean i i think if i was doing that i think i'd be out out a lot yeah i, w- I was out out a lot um especially at, at night time uh I, I kind of fell for the um you know the uh you know you know yeah i, I went through a, a, a definite sort of like um uh you know dystopian rock and roll sort of like uh, yeah. uh rock star <laughs> thing <Yeah. place. laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, and 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 it's quite um an amazing place to get lost in, in, in that, you know, because there's this constant sunshine, but it's, mm. it's quite kind of a dark underbelly too, you know. I, I do wonder mm. how that affects people and, and their creative output. It was great at the beginning. Um, um, I, I, I did um, Wonderland and my first solo album, I believe, were, were all could only have been created while living in Los Angeles. Um, and then after a while, I kind of just like lost my train of thought for a while, kind of got lost in it all. And, and, and it wasn't really just Los Angeles. It was the constant traveling and, you know, being in a being in a UK band, um, I always had to start off in the UK or rehearse in the UK or write in the UK, really, or, yeah. you know, record with the rest of the band. And so it was the constant traveling and, you know, um, it just kind of got on top of me, really. I was, I was just too tired. Too tired, too busy. Was the idea of the first solo record germinating before you moved out there? No. Well, the idea of the solo record, first solo record uh, germinated because I wanted to stay at home, you know, really. You, you just wanted to, what, stay at home and not tour? Or? Well, I just wanted, I want, because yeah, I was always leaving Los Angeles. So um, after we did Wonderland and we went on tour. And so after that, I just thought, I want to stay. Uh, so um, I'm going to do a solo album. That's it wasn't, it wasn't like a big plan or anything like that to do a solo album. Were there any moments throughout those years, you know, before you moved back to, to England, maybe yeah. where, where, you know, one thing did really did take, take the reins of the priority. Yeah. I, I, I kind of lost. Um, I, 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 so I kept going back to London 
and 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 I met people in London who I who were in uh, really great bands, uh, young bands uh, uh, that um, you know we're, we're, they, they were kind of up, 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 upcoming young bands who they're not actually even going anymore, so I don't, I don't need to mention it. But um, uh, they kind of like I don't know. I ended up producing them and and, and working with them and and um, and helping them to to put out records and and it kind of like sparked my um, spark my fire again if you if you know what I mean I, I felt that mm. my last couple of years in Los Angeles um I, it maybe um I was probably drinking too much and I, you know at this point I'd just stopped drinking and um and um you know uh, my life over there had kind of broken down in a, in a few ways but I felt that my I'd lost my muse if you know what I mean if if you mm. think and and I felt that um in London um um in the rain um i i felt just regenerated and 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 i and, and i made steps to move back then i actually moved back in 2010 but it took me about three years to move back it's interesting when you say you know losing your muse because mm-hmm. as a fan i think it's so easy you know to to you know for a band that's been going you know any band it could be yeah. where where you think oh you know you, you think of the best albums and you, you think that's their high point everyone's period is different but I, I always wonder when people lose their muse or, or, or change their muse, I can imagine that requires a lot of guts sometimes to have to be like, okay, we have to change this because we have to keep on moving with the times. We have to keep on evolving. I think, I think it's really true. I was, I, I was having a conversation yesterday, you know, as the, the um, singer of the band or the lyric writer or, you know, you constantly have to be inspired, I think. And you just move around to where you feel like you, you, the inspiration is, is coming. And, you know, I mean, I've kind of always had a nose for that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've just got the Cribs new record, Night Network, in front of me, and yeah. I'm completely obsessed with oh, it. Oh, yeah, it's so it's so great. They did a listening party. And, uh, of course, and, they did. They, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I, I'm intrigued by by Portland, and so it's great Ooh. to read about yeah. their experiences there. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've, you know, they've stayed there for quite a long time now, haven't they? So. Yeah. yeah and and it makes makes me wonder you know i feel really guilty saying it but obviously they had that legal battle you know that sort of long long war i suppose mm-hmm. and you can hear it in that record you can hear the liberation and i wonder if that was a spark for you know those three when when it came to making this record and maybe maybe that's part of what makes that record so great is this that real trial and tribulation of that time there's there's always something and because life happens when you're making records doesn't it anyway so you know mm. i mean uh, mm. we made a record knowing that um you know we'd lost loads of money you know and it's like you try not to let it affect the sound of the album but inevitably i'm sure it, there is something in there that would would uh you know it, you know there is something you just can't hide it because it's real life you know and, and yeah um, you know the, the the band goes on in you know, this muse and the, the kind of fantasy land of creating something out of nothing, which is just the most amazing thing. But at the same time, you sometimes got to put that down and sort of like deal with reality. <laughs> sometimes I, I think it's, it. maybe you see these bands and you think, oh, they've got managers, their managers deal with it. Mm-hmm. But you you deal with it, don't you? I don't have a manager, yeah. Really? Mm. So you're doing everything yourself. You're, you're you know, speak about part-time jobs. Is that kind of admin side of it, you know, a real part of part of your career not some i mean i have an accountant um and um you know i, I work with uh 
the label or oh genesis is is my label but i, I work mm. uh with uh, nick void and, and nick fraser and um and they help out with things you know we're always cc'd on on emails um but i i, I manage i manage it all yeah brilliant and you know one of my favorite bits of telling stories is meeting the heavenly lot yeah, and, yeah you know yeah. going to those parties and you know do you know them i don't know no. well i mean it's just i don't know i, I it was such um it, it was when two people sort of like meet from across the room and they kind of like they can't keep their eyes off each other <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're like talking and uh you know, it shapes it shapes the next few years of my life. You know, and it's just like wow. of all of our lives. Um, you know, um, from up to our hips, which is our third album in 1994, uh, right through until you know until I moved to Los Angeles. Meeting Martin Kelly and and uh, and Robin and Jeff Barrett from from Heavenly. That, I mean, that that kind of it just I just felt that I've been searching um with my music for people to can to have the right connection with someone who understand understood my um you, you know understood me really and mm-hmm. and um and uh you know pe- people knew that you know I I, I love music and um and I was wanting to take chances and um and I think the first thing that we ended up doing was um you know I, I pretty much straight away i dj'd at the at the heavenly social and this mm. was this was a, um, a club that lasted for i think 13 weeks or something like that uh, in, in in total and i dj'd at you know the second or third one and went to all of them and and it was just like it it, it just became um you know a club that changed I, you know, I've been involved in like the Hacienda and, uh, or, you know, going to the Hacienda and that was kind of like a real big awakening for me. Um, but I hadn't seen anything quite like it since, uh, since Heavenly Social. And, and then after that, I ended up working with the Chemical Brothers who then, you know, made huge, sort of like had a huge impact on me as well. With the Chemical Brothers, uh, they, they, they were surrounded by, um, singers you know and they, and they could have chosen anybody that they wanted because everyone at the time wanted to work with them but they they chose me so that was you know it made me feel really great um and uh part of me probably thought i don't know why <laughs> you know when uh, when uh, uh when uh, james dean bradfield's sitting next to me you know um and uh uh but but they did and it worked really great and we did a song called life is sweet and then after that uh there was some remixes from up to our hips and then from the charlatans and and then we worked on uh you know one to another uh um uh, from from telling stories and that was just i mean that, that was kind of like in my opinion probably you know the best meeting of the two minds you know um and uh I imagine it's quite easy to look back at those times and being like, you know, what if that didn't happen? What if we didn't, you know, converge at that one point? Were, were you quite confident always going through? You know, were you quite confident in in knowing things are just going to... People often come up to me and, and, and we talk and, you know, the and I can, you know, get on with people pretty well. But um, when Martin Kelly came up to me and asked how... Um, how much I was getting charged um, uh, for people to do my press. And I told him and he said, 
we'll do it for half. That that's that, that's um, that's uh, that's kind of like okay, mate. You're going to be my best mate from now on, and then, and and we just became we became inseparable for for you know for years, and we we actually were the two people who Tom and Ed uh, would take with them on tour for uh, for a long time. Not not on their tours of uh, them playing, but on their DJ tours. So we went we, we went to Sweden together, um, you know, lots of times. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, we we we, we traveled traveled around Europe and and uh, just yeah, it was just it was great great times really. Working with friends seems to be a real key. Yes, yes, it does. It's it's amazing. Everything you've been talking about, you know, for me has the spirit of your listening parties on Twitter. <laughs> you know? that, that that spirit is like I, I don't know. It's just amazing. Uh, it's God. I mean, I can't thank people enough. You know, the the artists that have been involved. You know, have just given everything. You know, I mean, the list is unreal. I mean, at this point, it's it's hard to you know. We'll be here for hours. No, I mean, it's it's kind of pretty much everyone. Um, bar a few, <laughs> bar a few people, but then I'm sure they'll all end up doing one at some point. Uh, um, or I hope they will anyway. I mean, you know, you know, it's, it, you know, everyone has done them and they've all at the beginning, um, I was trying to put it all together, like with diaries, uh, which I was terrible. I, 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 I booked people in on the same day five times over um, um, uh, um, uh, and uh, I was saved with that um, and I sent a document out that is really embarrassing now to look at but it actually told people you know what to do you know press play at the same time everybody all over the world you know but it's going to be this allotted time in the UK um, uh, you, you do one one or two tweets per track you know maybe maybe even um have a few ready you know uh, uh pre pre-planned you know and things like that i think that's cool though because yeah, even though maybe looking back you're like oh you know maybe whatever it's like that's how things start yeah, you don't start exactly and then this, this document went to everybody and nobody has done it the same nobody it's all been so personal they've really let the guard down uh i'm sure you know I'm sure lots of people have been like doing it in their pajamas, you know, um, uh, um, you know, uh, they don't have, no one can see them, um, you know, you know, uh, and, and they're giving more away than they probably would do. I don't know whether the music's moving them as well, you know. Um, uh, well, I think the bonehead, the Oasis one was great. Cause you know, I thought I knew all the stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I think a lot of people were probably in the same position as me, you know, is watching bonehead tweet about that you know, particular moments or where they were or what they were doing. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that he had like Brian, Brian Cannon with him as well. And just sort of like showing stuff like, uh, you know, the, the, like images that say like that Liam wanted for the cover of Be Here Now. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, or, uh, and, and, and just the fact that Liam was going to come and join in and he didn't and things like that. They were just, uh, <laughs> they just, I mean, and, you know, you know, I mean, I, I'm providing this this platform, but I'm I'm not in control. You know, it's like it's just it's just like you know, who knows what's going to happen? It's just very exciting. And then, of course, Liam did his own, and that was amazing. Do you think that spirit of you know offering this kind of platform, but you know, really not knowing, you know, just giving it to everyone else as you know, as it were, yeah. is that a similar thing to how you saw about playing in the Charlatans and playing your solo stuff? Well, I, I, obviously, I'm, I'm not like super precious, um, uh, and and I do like the idea of chaos too. You know, in a in a kind of uh, you know in um you know in something like 
in something like this. You know, it's, I think it is quite rock and roll. I think it's quite Warhol in a way. I think it's quite, you know, I think it's, it's just, um, it's 3D. It's, um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's a, in some ways it's like a, the missing link between communicating with people um, socially um, and the social etiquette that you have with somebody uh, when you're at a table or a cafe or even doing a Zoom meeting, there's a, a, a social etiquette that isn't there with, on, on social media, you know, uh, that you don't, yeah. uh, but this has kind of brought that together. It's more revealing without, it, without people expecting anything revealing if you know what I mean. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because I, I think especially with say Dave Roundtree at, at, at the beginning um, you know with Park Life I mean just kind of like him having all these you know just well revealing that he'd been up to the, his loft and he'd, he'd, he'd um, him and his girlfriend had laminated all this stuff like so they could so they could reveal it in a very clean way to the twitter listening party and stuff like that it's just like the amount of thought that went into that and you know and care um you know just took it to a and the fact that he was doing part life you know i mean I don't. I don't know any of their albums that that aren't big, uh, but you know this was probably the biggest. You know, and um, and and then you know, uh, Bona doing Oasis albums in in order, and you know people were going for the people were going for the big ones. You know, and it was yeah, it it, it was, you know, now, now it's changed a little bit. You know, um, uh, it started off. Uh, that everyone was doing them at 10 o'clock at night. And then we quite quickly went to three a night, you know, uh, um, seven, well, four a night, seven, eight, nine, and 10. But the seven, the, the, the seven o'clock one was usually for maybe artists that um, people on Twitter, on my Twitter feed, uh, at least hadn't maybe heard about. And, and, and it was giving, you know, new up and coming bands a, a chance because they all had records coming out as well. Um, that, you know, people weren't really writing, um, you know, um, you know, ma- magazine, magazines, you know, had less staff. Therefore, there was less people writing about artists. And, and, and so, so people were devastated. And, um, and this actually opened up an opportunity for, uh, for, for us to share their work. It was never really intended to be what it has become. But it... Um, uh, you know, it, it was just some kind of light relief. And I'd known about doing the listening parties because I'd done like 13 Charlatans albums about five or six times over, over 10 years. Um, so I kind of knew that people liked them. Uh, so when I did, when, you know, when I did um, Some Friendly and Alex Caprano said it, I bought that record when I was like 17. And uh, on that, uh, that, that spur of the moment, I just said, you should do one. And, and it was the first Franz Ferdinand album, which was brilliant, you know. And, uh, um, you know, it... It, it really grew quite, um, you know, very organically. And, and I know it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a big statement to say, oh, it's very organic. And, but it really is. You know? And, um, and I think people can actually see that. Um, because it was intentional. There's lots of hard work. It was like 10 hours a day at the beginning. And, um, you know, just, just, you know, me losing my admin, my newly created admin mind, um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, having to constantly write emails saying, I'm sorry, I booked you in at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a day when you thought, wow, I'm really, oh, you yeah. know, up to my shoulders? Yes, all the time. I was, I was, I was completely, um, just like, yeah, I just had post-its stuck all over my body. 
<laughs> and you know, were you? And you know, with with the album that came out with the solo album, you know, I love the new sky, and then also the EP. That whole stuff was going on in the background as well. Yes. Well, you know, um, I had um, just signed a record deal with Bella Union. Brilliant. Um, for uh, for I love the new sky, and I, I handed that in, in in October, so it was way before. Um, but um, um, I started. You know, I really thought this album is gonna. It's it, it's it's really gonna. The word is gonna spread by playing live because I thought you know it's it's a wonderful album, but it sounds even better with the you know uh, the players all gelling together, mm. and uh, and we actually managed to play five shows in in New York. We knew that we couldn't go to South by Southwest; that had already been cancelled. But we didn't really know how the magnitude of it. You know, uh, we knew that it was pretty bad, but New York was still open, so we went. We had tickets. Oh, and um, we we came home, uh, you know, kind of like on kind of lockdown the day before lockdown in New York. It was a festival called the New Colossus Festival, and and it they found a way that um, you know bands were traveling to South by Southwest, and uh, so the past few years they've done a, a smaller festival in New York, and people come to New York first, they play, and then they fly to Austin. And um, so they were um, very adamant and very keen for people to still come. And and, and lots dropped out, but um, we went because we had tickets and I wanted, really wanted to play. Uh, we had, uh, stayed in a Holiday Inn and we uh, 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 played and I did book talks and th- uh, th- things like that. I just, you know, got involved in... in, um, in um, you know, downtown New York, and uh, in the last few years, you know, touring. Have you? Are there any sort of main cha- big changes that you've that you've made, or ways that you you found yourself to to do the whole thing better? Um, well, you know, I I used to after after a show, sort of like you know, uh, socialize a lot a lot more. Mm. As in, you know, socializing has been like you know, as like drinking and staying up all night and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't do that anymore. So I, I, I end up a lot of the time, um, uh, you know, uh, after after a sound check, I might have a you know a book uh, on the go. So I'll, I'll 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 go back and sort of start editing my book or write some stuff on my book. Yeah, or, or I'll be listening to someone's album who's you know delivered uh, delivered an album that Oh Genesis wants to put out or, or or something like 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 that. So there's always that's how I do do things, and I I always go for coffee and you know walk around a little bit, and uh, I like to find um you know I, you know I, I enjoy trying to find a Whole Foods wherever I am, especially in America, because it's like, it's so popular and so fantastic. And um, so I spend, spend my time in, in, in there. And um, yeah. And then, you know, when, you know, charlatans have people to set up their equipment and stuff like that. When I'm doing solo stuff, you know, it's down, down to us. We don't have any roadies or anything like that. So are you writing anything right now? Are you working on it? I am. I am. Yes. Um, uh, A follow up to the EP. Um, uh, so, uh, it's, it's solo stuff again. Um, uh, charlatans are, um, you know, that everyone's kind of busy in their own doing, doing their own thing at the moment. Um, this was a 30, it was, it's, this is our 30 year anniversary. Um, wow. and, um, and, you know, we we were, 
well, we're probably going to have to uh, celebrate it in um, next year. Um, you know, the idea was to to do a, a really kind of um, deep archive restoration thing and box set and all that kind of stuff, which is still um, ongoing. And we've actually had more time to do it now because, you know, it's not coming out until next year. Um, but, um, you know, kind of like, I don't know, box sets and, you know, video restorations. And all Are that. we getting a peek into the Charlatan's WhatsApp group? Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. Uh, um, Is it quite business? Yes. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, that, that's, it's an ongoing thing and, you know, we're, so we're we're all talking, uh, you know, all the time, but we're not making any music at this moment. Well, Tim, thank you so much for for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. I love I love hearing, you know, these stories and and moments from time. Um, I hope it was okay. No, it was great. It was great, and I think the EP, you know, the ascent of the ascended, yeah. or you know, without sounds the the. Um, <laughs> it sounds sounds great, and you know, the single with the the the, the video is so great oh, yeah. it's so good oh, yeah i mean I, i've been wanting to work with tim pope all my life really it's something 30 years to work with him and we met through the listening party um he's is the you know video director for lots of the the uh videos and um mm. and, and and we met there and, and and so it's you know the listening party has been really great for me as well um in connecting with people who i wanted to connect with it must feel great you know 30 years from the Charlatans yeah. starting, yeah. That, you know, you're, you're still able to create and, and share, you know, share experiences. Yeah. I mean, me, me and Tim Pope are like best, best, best friends now. So, um, so we're, you know, we're going to do more together and, um, you know, it just feels like a really, you know, we've really bonded. So. And the light plane, you have to tell, tell me like, I mean, was there training involved in that or is it called a light plane? It was called a micro light, I think. Uh, Microlight. It was um, it was very disturbing. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tim did say that you don't have to do it. You don't have to fly, but um, it's going to look better. And I knew that. I knew that. You know, it's like um, so. I I arrived at eight o'clock in the morning, and and the pilot uh, was there, with, uh, and he just landed, and um, he came over to me and said, "Do you do, do you want to?" have a go and it was like no i'm i'm fine i w- i will do it uh, i'm pretty sure i'll do it but i don't want to do it right now um and, uh, and he said uh, i said you know what's what's your experience with it you know just try to settle down and um he said well i've uh, i've been in the air for uh, 6 6000 hours and i've only had to i've only had engine failure twice and i thought okay right he goes he said if i've got somewhere to land we're fine and, you know, and we were in these hills and there's loads of places to land. I thought, okay, I'll come up. So I just stra- strapped in with him and he took us up. And then when we when were up there, he told me to put, we had headsets on and stuff like that. So he he told me to put my hands on the, uh, you, you know, the levers and stuff. And then he let go and I flew us around for five minutes. So what we see in the video. Yeah. Is is he helping you fly that? No, I'm flying it, but he's behind me. Um, uh, I'm I'm actually flying it, but he's taking off and landing. I see. Yeah, I see. I mean, you know, I mean, because I was sp- uh, supposed to be flying it and singing into the camera, which is very, very difficult. Uh, you know, I, I think I think I should get a medal for that. The actual flying is fine, but flying and singing hard. I have to say, I was really glad when we got down, but, you know, um, but I was really glad that I did it as well. And it does look, you know, everyone has asked, 
is that you really flying it? And I, you know, it is. So, and, and, and it's much better to be able to say it is, you know, than say it is and you know people knowing that you're not and and um uh, you know i mean i, I would have i wouldn't have been able to lie and and and, it, and people would have known deep down so green screen is good but it's not that exactly good. and 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 you can you can tell and i'm really shaky as well and it's like <laughs> and um but you know uh um the the guy who was with me um he he was he was fantastic i felt in very safe hands we were, we were very cozy in there brilliant well tim good to hear it. and you know the 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 record is so good. Really enjoyed spending time with it. When you're looking to to next year, yeah. I, I, other than sort of going on tour with it, yeah. have you got any other any, any other plans? You know, music or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I, I really want to um, to to record more. Um, I, I feel in a really great place to record. Um, I, I'd like to work with Daniel O'Sullivan again. He produced the the, the last album um, and um, and Thypol Sandra. And I, 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 I I've written uh, a, a ton of songs. I mean, when the lockdown first began, um, you know, I was supposed to be going on tour, and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to write. And for the first month, I just I, I thought, oh my god. I don't know what I don't know what to write about. This just I can't write about the lockdown. This is insane, and you know, and I was struggling so so much for the first first couple of months of the lockdown, and then as it kind of eased up, and I let myself sort of like be me again, you know, uh, mm. um, it kind of all started to come out. It just just it just oh my goodness, my, my, I can hear my little boy talking about minecraft to his mate in the background um, uh, sorry, sorry about that uh, if you're getting any uh, young voices in the background it's uh, arguing about uh, ipads um but um uh yeah so uh, so um yeah i think um lots of walking in the norfolk countryside oh, no. yeah was it uh, was good for me and I, and, and I, I actually um yeah so I mean, yeah, I unlocked it somehow, and now it's, now it's I've got about twenty songs, I think. Now so. so good to hear. And I was just outside. Um, well, I produced the, the show you did on Soho Radio after the live session, um, and and that live session sounds so it was good. so great. You know, Helen O'Hara, someone else who I met on the listening party. You know, through the Dex's uh, listening party, she's part of the touring band now, and 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 she's also been in the studio. And uh, she came to Rockville too, and um um. Yeah, and so she's been part of these latest recordings. Amazing. Well, it is so cool to to watch your journey, you know, and watch it, you know, continue. Oh, thank you. It's, it's it's excellent. I love I'm, it. I'm 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 very happy, and 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 I'm really happy that 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 you like it. Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you so much, Tim. Thanks, Charles. Take care, mum. So there it is, Tim Burgess on 101 Part Time Jobs. Like I said at the start of the show, if you enjoyed listening to this, if you enjoy the guests that I've got on, please tell your friends, share it around. That's the only way to to really get more people to listen to this podcast, which I'm not ashamed to say I think would be great to happen. I think that element of community and communication is is a big part of these chats. And if we can build this together, that would be amazing. So thank you again for listening. Here's Cox Sparrow. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side, running This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.